1: Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Phil Evans, and I'm coming at you live from the lands of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation, where sovereignty has never been ceded. We send respect out to all uh, elders, past, present, and emerging, and to all First Nations people listening in today. So for over 45 years Friends of the Earth have been mobilizing communities to resist patriarchal control and deconstruction of the natural environment and to transform it into one where we live in harmony and seek to be part of the natural world around us. And today we're going to explore that idea a little bit by talking to Louise Sales who is uh, the emerging tech coordinator working at Friends of the Earth to look at emerging technologies, new and exciting uh, revelations in science, but also thinking about what are the possible effects that they can have on nature and also society itself. That will be coming up in just a little bit. Um, for now, let's hear a community service announcement and we'll get to that interview.
2: Red alert. Numbers are needed at the Japurung Heritage Protection Embassy camps immediately. Sacred birthing trees on Japurung country need protecting. Over 50 generations have been born on these sites and the birthing trees themselves are 800 years old. These trees are being protected from the Victorian Labor Party's planned highway extension that is set to destroy this sacred dreaming landscape. The campaign to protect country is led by Japurung traditional owners who are calling on people from all walks of life for support. You can help by joining traditional owners at the camp on Japurung country near Ararat or by donating and putting pressure on Daniel Andrews to protect this sacred land. Visit dwembassy.com for more information and updates. No trees, no treaty.
3: I've been saving my pretty pennies up huh? Embrace the current day Cause yo, I'm rising from the ashes Now my whole being covered in flames Enlightened state because I played the game right The sunshine is coming through now sure the change comes slow Yeah, hey, I speed the process up God bless the life i focused enough To overcome the social barriers. I break through, brother man See, I make do When it's painful, I feel the fire of Phoenix I'm fireproof. Fireproof. Yeah. I'm fat, and they try to provide us with the life straight from my face. And got the audacity to walk away. It's good Samaritan gone and left us on the planes fell. Well, Twelin' the fringe dwell a storytelling in my blood. I feel the presence of 60,000 plus years. My ancestors roam this desert landscape from the tropics of north to a snow capped mountain peak. Mentally scarred from the bloodshed in the past. But I've been fighting fire with fire since the day I was born. We back, bro. We back, bro. We back We backfire. We back, fire. back fire, fire. We backfire. Fire, fire. We back. Do da do da do do. Who's gonna put up a fight? We back backfire. And they're talking money now. For the crooked smile, I slide up the window to my soul. Ain't showing nothing back. They're talking out, talkin' loud. I'm talking in, talking out. Saying the same things all they so bring the change and show show 'em how. Damned if I didn't, I'm not a victim But I listen, only stop on the privilege The intuition be the resistance Stop the flames, impossible Success, improbable The stats ain't meaning nothing and like I'm saying something fireproof I'm fireproof, fireproof. to put up fire. I'm fireproof. the My one principle I've been patient and I wait when the time correct for the face up where I came from. I dream about it. We sleep now, hush we child the storm clouds come sunshine. Walk proud through daylight and the dawn's upon us. And if rise is brighter than our southern stars at the work. I'm reaching out from here. Here I ain't serve and check it. Higher learn of work can take me where the church is. And crucify me on the cross and find worth fam. We back, birth. fire We back, burst, we back. Fire, fire, fire put it You, you, you Who's gonna put up a fight You better
1: That's Gimbler there with Fireproof Sampling, the wonderful Yothu Yindi um, on that track. Loving that one. Um, as I said before, uh, we just went to that little break. Uh, we're going to talk to Louise Sales, who is from uh, the Emerging Tech Project at Friends of the Earth, looking at gene editing, biohacking, regulation around that industry. Joining me on the phone right now is Louise. Hello, Louise. Are you there?
0: Hi, I am. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on the program,
1: Phil. Oh, a pleasure to have you here. Um, some of the topics that we're going to talk about, they're pretty heavy. Um, a lot of people might shut down when they start to think about these really heavy kind of scientific um, ideas. Um, they can sound a little bit science fiction and scary. Um, so with gene editing and genetically modified organisms and these things, like, why are we going down this path as a species? What, what, What were the reasons for us to even begin these technologies?
0: Well, I think, I mean... Genetic engineering scientists um, first started um, genetically engineering food crops in the 1980s, I believe. Um, so, and they're basically trying to engineer things like pest um, resistance and like glyphosate tolerance as well. So, um, the majority of GM crops globally are actually herbicide tolerant, which means that you can spray herbicides mm. on without them dying. Um, so, it's basically um, most of the emphasis has been. Um, on basically trying to increase productivity, increase increasing food production, um, so that there's, yeah, there's not really been a focus on trying to create quality food for us to eat.
1: And so it really is about like um, yields and quality, uh, quantity over quantity.
0: That's right, and um, it's it's interesting because there's a parallel kind of movement going on at the moment. Um, focusing on agroecology and regenerative agriculture. And that's really looking at the system quite differently, whereas um, obviously GMOs is a very reductionist kind of approach. It's just like, oh, we've got a pest problem. um, How can we kill those pests Um, rather than, oh, what's actually broken with the system that's leading us to have pest problems in the first place. So that's what regenerative agriculture does is actually looks at the whole system and and says, well, how can we actually farm better in a more sustainable way that works with nature rather than against it, Um, which unfortunately seems to be the path that um, CSRO and yet the big sort of agrochemical companies are going down.
1: Sure. And there's been a lot happening recently around in the space. Um, But before we get to that, I kind of wanted to break down, there seems to be kind of, Three real kind of threats that um, emerge from um, the use of these technologies or potential threats. I was wondering if you could go through some of the more um, biological threats. Like uh, recently, I know there was the um, discovery of some bacterial DNA in um, a cow that had been gene edited by CRISPR technology, which whoo, there's a lot to unpack just in that sentence itself. Um, can we start maybe like what is CRISPR and, and what is the editing of their genes and how does it lead to any
0: threats? Yeah, so CRISPR is basically a new technique. It's a new genetic engineering technique, um, and it's been characterized by scientists as a pair of genetic scissors, and um, which isn't really quite accurate, um, but we can use that analogy anyway. But basically what it does is it cuts up um, bits, of D, bits of DNA in a certain place, um, and, and the cells can can then be left to sort of regenerate themselves or you can insert genes where those cuts have been made. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, um, CRISPR, and there's a number of similar techniques as well, as well as cutting the bit of DNA that you want to, they can also cut other bits of DNA as well. Um, so in, in other parts of the genome. And there's also a danger that... And bits of bacterial DNA might accidentally be incorporated into the genome, which is yeah, what happened with the the GM cows that you've mentioned. Um, so there was a bit of bacterial DNA that got incorporated into the into the bulls. Um, and the concern there is that 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 bacterial those bacterial genes actually coded for, Resistance to three different sorts of antibiotics that are used not only in cattle but they're also used in humans as well, which poses potential human health risk. Um, so that's why we think all of these techniques need to be assessed for safety, um, and we're really concerned by the government's current moves to to basically deregulate them, so they'd be being used in food and agriculture with no kind of safety assessment and also no labelling as well.
1: That's that's kind of where we're we're going in the in this. In this interview, I'm hoping. Um, I want to understand. Um, I read a term on the Emerging Tech um, website that's uh, Fo. Um, is it emerging um, If people want to go and read more about this stuff, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but there was this term biohacking going on. Um, can you unpack what that means?
0: Yeah, so biohacking is basically when um, members of the community, so DIY kind of biotechnology, Enthusiasts um, genetically and genetically engineer bacteria, microbes in the lab. So there's a few community labs around the place. There's, there's one in Melbourne and there's one in Sydney. Um, and at the moment, all of, all of those labs are actually regulated by our gene technology regulator. So they have to, yeah, meet certain criteria. They um, and the, our gene technology regulator is keeping a really close eye on what's going on. And um, now what the What the government's proposing is to deregulate a range of new genetic engineering techniques, which means that a lot of these activities won't be regulated at all. Um, So obviously that raises concerns not only from a... Sort of accidental contamination po- um, point of view but also like nefarious use as well and actually the the head of the um, intelligence agency in the us a few years ago actually classed um, crispr as a potential weapon of mass destruction because they're concerned about the dual use of these technologies um, so we find it really quite incredible that the government's proposing basically not not keeping an eye on what's going on at all and um, when it comes to the use of these techniques
1: and and these regulations do they relate to the uh, the kind of the ethics of doing these things, or is it more specifically about like what you're allowed to cut up and what you're not?
0: That's right. So it's it's really um, purely about the sort of environmental health risks, and um, and that's the concern is actually no, yeah, there's there's been very little discussion, there's been very little oversight about the sort of ethical use of these techniques. Um, so the only risks that um, our regulators are assessing are the potential environmental and human health risks, not whether we actually, whether it's actually ethical to do these things at all. And I think an example that stands out for me there is genetically modifying animals, um, because the failure rates are really, really high and, and you can produce some really quite horrible mutations. Um, animals that have gen- been genetically modified, um, there's very high risk of basically miscarriage. Um, in the case where they've produced super muscly pigs and cows, um, quite often they have to deliver them through um, artificially, basically, because they're too big to be born naturally. Um, and And it raises real questions about, actually is it ethical to treat animals in these ways and we're concerned that those conversations haven't been had and yet our government's actually proposing deregulating these techniques in animals.
1: Now, that's really concerning to hear, I mean, you think if you are trying to increase the yields of uh, um, of output, so uh, in, in this case if people are choosing to eat meat, then if you're increasing the suffering it almost negates the, um, the reason to do it in terms of slaughtering less animals.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, we yeah. So um, again, if if you look at the sort of applications that they're trying to do in animals, um, so they're trying to produce super muscly pigs so that they can produce more more meat from pigs, um, and it's all geared up to basically, and and also they're trying to develop disease resistant pigs so they can be housed intensively, um, yeah, without them getting sick. And all this is geared to trying to basically retrofit and an existing system that we would argue is fundamentally broken and actually you need to, we would argue that you need to be looking at why, why are animals getting sick in the first place and mm. is there a way that we can house them more humanely so that they don't get sick rather than trying to genetically modify them so that you can house them in intensive conditions
1: um terrifying stuff um to talk about this and i want to get to um, talk again about some of the alternatives in a moment but um you touched on the national security issue which uh is um a scary place to let your mind wander what people might do with these technologies but not only is it a threat in that space but also um economically um it can have a huge impact on australia's uh, reputation as a leading exporter of quality foods There's no real way to stop the contamination once you let these things out, is there?
0: No, that's right. So that's one of the things. If these techniques are deregulated, then there's going to be no requirement for traceability. Um, So it's going to be incredibly hard for us to keep these ingredients out of our foods. Um, So that's one of the reasons that the organic industry is deeply concerned about this, because if there's no requirement for a test, how can they ensure that their their products are GM-free? Basically, so one of the things that they're developing is is GM ryegrass using these techniques. Um, now ryegrass pollen can travel three kilometres. Um, so how on earth, if there's no test for it, are farmers going to ensure that their paddocks are, are GM-free? Basically. And um, the way that the Australian government is, approach, is approaching this is completely at odds with what overseas regulators are doing. So the European Court of Justice ruled last year that it regards these techniques as as posing the same risks as all the GN techniques and that they need to be assessed for safety in the same way. So these techniques will be labelled um, in, in Europe. They'll, yeah, they'll be treated as GMOs and they'll require traceability. Um, so obviously Australia risks complete market rejection um, from Europe if it can't meet that requirement. and mm. um, So we find it quite incredible that the government's proposing deregulating these techniques without actually assessing those market risks.
1: For sure. And with these genomes, when people create them, do they become uh, an intellectual property of corporations? Or how does that work?
0: That's right. So the, all these techniques are patentable. Um, so they've developed... Um, Non-browning mushrooms, for example, using using CRISPR, um, and they're all patented. So we find it quite hypocritical that on the one hand they're saying, "Oh, these 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 techniques are a GM, so we want to patent the progeny." And, but then on the other hand, they're like, oh, no, no, but it's just the same as natural breeding, so we don't want them to be regulated. I mean, they, they really can't have it both ways. Mm. Um, although they're, yeah, obviously trying to. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. It, it feels like a, um, a very dangerous path to take us down where um, big corporations are able to once again concentrate power and, and our food systems directly into, a, like, a hyper-capitalist system. It's, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um yeah. so currently no, quite, there's it's a quite lot a of
0: multi-headed beast definitely. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but currently there is a lot of chatter around um, in parliament. So I know there's a moratorium currently on um, certain types of gene editing in Tasmania. What is the the kind of the regulatory environment and what what other changes that are that they're trying to make?
0: Yeah, so basically yeah, at federal level um what's happening is um, the government's proposed deregulating these techniques so that's actually that regulation has has been tabled and and the yeah green senator janet rice has actually um tabled what's called the disallowance motion and so that's actually due to be discussed today but the greens have delayed that so it's now scheduled to be discussed on the 11th of november um i believe so the the tasmanian government in response to these proposed changes, has actually decided to extend its GM moratorium to include these new GM techniques, and um, because they were really concerned, concerned, that well, the federal government defines what GMO is basically, and now they're now saying that this whole class of GMOs aren't aren't really GMOs at all, and mm. um, so that obviously raises real problems for states such as Tasmania that are trying to market themselves as GM-free, because our export markets regard these new GM techniques as GM, if you see what I mean. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they can't have a moratorium on them if, if our definition doesn't inc- include them. Yeah. Um, so, that's basically a retrofit that the Tasmanian government's going to try and do. But we're concerned that with no requirement for traceability and a test at the federal level, it's going to be incredibly difficult for states such as Tasmania to keep, to keep these crops and out, basically and sure.
1: um, and with the, the i mean you know we you can just underline that that triple threat to the environment to um to human safety um via national security issues and to the um economic stability of the future of the uh the nation and its exports it seems really strange that there isn't more moves to keep this tightly regulated
0: that's right yeah and it, and what's also really incredible to us as well is the complete lack of of media interested in this as well. So there's been, I mean, we've been trying to tell the media about this for ages. And I get get that it's a a complicated issue, but it's, I mean, basically, to to cut straight to the crux, I mean, they're trying to sneak a whole range of new GMOs into our food with no safety testing and no labelling. Um, And the public has a right to know that this is going on, and yet there's been absolutely no societal debate on this at all, um, which we find deeply concerning. It's basically being considered an issue um, for experts, um, and it's only um, scientists that are having a say in this, and that's scientists with serious conflicts of interest that are trying to commercialise these techniques. Mm.
1: And. We were talking a little bit um, before that there there are alternatives um, that um, lead to better food, uh, more quality food, and um, and better yields as well. So, what what's holding us back really from really progressing a, a more pathway down organic uh, techniques, um, and why are we going towards this science one? Well,
0: we're concerned that there's really yeah there's a really a cartel of um, scientists. in in Canberra with access to government um, that that are basically dictating the research agenda. But if you actually look at what's happening globally, there's a huge move towards agroecology, which is basically using organic um, and... Yeah, environmentally friendly farming systems. So the Food and Agriculture Organization um, has got a, a working group on agroecology that are looking at at this. Um, the UN has also been been arguing that we need to adopt much more agroecological approaches, so reducing pesticide use and reducing fertilizer use, and trying to build up um, soil carbon, so that we can, um, yeah, so that we can. Um, grow more and, and that um, crops are more drought-tolerant as well. So if we increase the amount of carbon in our soils using organic techniques, then farms are are actually much more resilient to, to climate change because they, the soils can hold hold more water. Um, so the, these are the real um, farming innovations that are going on, but they're not getting the support of government um, because, yeah, there's no money in it for the big agrochemical companies.
1: Sure. So if I'm sitting at home and I thinking, oh, what is going on in this space? How can I help? What can I do uh, to um, to support the, the case for organics over uh, these GMOs?
0: So, well, we'd, we'd encourage people to get involved in our campaign. So you can go to our website, which is um, au. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes,
1: <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> yeah, great.
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, people can find out more about the issue there. I mean, we'd also encourage um, people... Um, yeah, to vote with their wallet as well, and um, support organically, organic and locally produced food. Um, I mean, particularly in Melbourne, there's a lot of options that are available for people there. Um, yeah, so we'd really encourage people to yeah, like basically buy the kind of food that food futures that you want to see. Um, yeah, and and to get active. Um, so in order for for us to block these changes, um, the Greens really need to get Labor on board. Um, and we're concerned that they're currently um, yet not on board and, and we really need to turn that around in the next couple of months. So we'd encourage people to get in touch with their, their local members and senators and, and tell them how important this is to them.
1: That's right. You've got to pick up the phone again and call your local member, let them know that this is an issue that, A, you know about, because there is a bit of a media silence around this issue, and, um, B, that you care about it as well and you're aware of the threats that it, that come through. Um, Lou, I really want to thank you for continuing your work in this area because it is uh, a difficult one to work in, as you were saying, um, and we appreciate it so much. Yeah, thanks thanks
0: so much for having me on the program
1: as well. Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much, Lou, um, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. That was Louise Sayles, the coordinator for the Emerging Tech Project, a national project of Friends of the Earth, talking about gene editing, biohacking, genetically modified organisms, all sorts of things. um, And the concerning moves by government to deregulate this industry, given its threat to the environment, human safety and economics as well. Um, We'll be back in just one moment. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening
3: to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne.
1: That's right, you're listening to 3CR. There are so many ways to listen to 3CR. How can you tune in? You can always listen to us. If you are already on 855 AM on your dial, if you're in the Melbourne area, you can use 3CR Digital on a digital radio receiver. Listen to us via the web of course, on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. There's audio on demand. Uh, You can even listen to a podcast, a favourite way of mine to listen to all of my favourite shows on 3CR because there are so many wonderful things on Radical Radio. We do need your support, though. We may remember back in June we had the Power Radical Radio, the Radiothon. We needed to raise $250,000 to keep Radical Radio on the air. Um, We're still a little short, so if you've got a bit of extra cash, um, give the station a call on 0394198377 or jump onto 3cr.org.au. And if you can spare a little bit to help us out, help keep us on the air, uh, we'd really, really appreciate it. And, of course, a huge thanks to everyone who uh, donated during Radiothon and subscribed. Become a subscriber. Do everything. We love Radical Radio. Be part of it. So, coming up around Melbourne, Friends of the Earth has a lot of events coming up. Um, of course, this week is the Climate Strike on Friday. Uh, hope for to see everyone down there. Um, we'll have some special programming on 3CR. Um, the Climate Strike, we have a Friends of the Earth block. So, if you want to come and hang out with all your favourite faux peeps, then... Head on down to Treasury Gardens at 2 o'clock Keep an eye out for all of our wonderful flags There'll be ones about dismantling patriarchy Rights of people, rules for business These are sort of uh, great slogans that uh, come out of those sorts of things Anyway, keep an eye out for our flags down there at Treasury Gardens at 2 o'clock And mark in a block of Friends of the Earth uh, crew Um, After the climate strike as well uh, If you're around in Collingwood, drop by Friends of the Earth We'll be having a little bit of an after party, listening to some tunes, debriefing on the day, talking about what are the next steps. So um, head along to Friends of the Earth at 6 p.m. on Friday after the strike um, and join us for a little bit of an after party. Um, There are heaps more things to check out as well, so make sure you go to uh, Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash faux Melbourne, um, and you can always find a list of heaps of events uh, to do and to get involved with uh, campaigns for environmental and social justice throughout the faux network. And also, drop past 3CR, come and volunteer here. It's an amazing experience. The community here is real. The community here is inspiring and a lot of fun as well. I want to thank uh, Louise Sales for joining me on the show today, talking about that gene editing, biohacking, GMOs. Um, if you want to listen back, of course, check out a podcast. Um, we'll have some links for you to click as well uh, to find out more about those important informations uh in the show notes. So check that out at 3CR.org.au forward slash dirt radio. Um coming up next is the Curry Survival show. And I am out of here for today. I'm gonna leave you with a little bit of uh monkey mark uh Great producer from the local area. Um, this track's called Emergency. Feels like we're in a bit of one with the current climate crisis, but let's keep fighting. Keep up the great work, everyone, and I'll see you later on. Keep it locked on 3CR.